Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there and welcome to the Seven Nation podcast here on YourPrepSports.com. Rob Howe joined as always by Ryan Merkin from Your Prep Sports Wednesday, March the 9th, a little bit before noon central time. Got to jam this thing here before I... Uh, get on the road for Indianapolis and the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. Uh, two years since uh, I went down there, Ryan, and the world changed forever. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's, it's a good place to start because you were there. I was at the Boys State basketball tournament, Clear Creek, Amana was still playing. Uh, they, that was the year they were in the semis. And um, well, when we went to the girls, when Rob and I went to the girls state tournament, I was telling you that day, I, I went out to my vehicle to just, relax for a little bit um which I do sometimes there and was looking on my phone and I'd brought a book to read and I I just remember sitting there thinking like what the heck and then within 24 hours that was actually the first day that was the day that West played in the in the 4A quarters and then when I went back for the 3A semis on Thursday um yeah like on the way there I was listening to radio and you know everything had gotten canceled at that point basically it was like the last thing in the country going was basically like the Iowa Boys State Tournament. So, Yeah, and uh, it seemed like forever that we would get back to some semblance of normalcy, but uh, we kind of gotten there. You know, fans yeah. are back in. We're, you know, we did the Girls State Tournament last week, and there were good crowds, and crowds back at these, um, at these college basketball uh, tournaments. The Iowa women had a good crowd last weekend. Uh, the Iowa State women, Iowa – men Iowa State men will play this week in front of crowds the boys basketball state tournaments going on this week and I've seen some shots down there looks like they have good crowds going on down there as well so took a while but we're we're getting there yeah and and you know it it, it'll be interesting to read you know I have little kids Rob's kids are a little bit older but the the history of this you know last three or four years but it's been interesting but I, I've said this from the beginning. I remember writing a column that week um, about it, and I've really stuck to this. But, you know, the pos- being positive about stuff, I, I know it was hard it's, it, a lot of times. But, but also, looking back on the last two years now, Rob, I mean, Rob and I are doing this today uh, via Zoom. And that's something that two years ago at this time we wouldn't be doing. Yep. So I think that you look back on it and what – it's made it, it's I know it's made me think outside the box a little bit, not not just with you know the technology or things like that, but I think a lot of people have um, you know made positive strides from it, made adjustments, learned learned things from it, learned things about themselves. Um, you know, we've definitely learned things about your prep sports and changed things and done things that I think made us better. So, um, you know, that's the, maybe one of the positives of it. But yeah, it's 
It's a wild thing to think back to two years ago, Rob. Yeah, without question. Um, take a quick look at the uh, at the boys' tournament, Ryan, before we move into more local stuff here, and we'll kind of hook these with local angles as well. Uh, Starting 3A, uh, we're Central DeWitt, team that knocks Solon out in the sub-state final or regional final, whatever the heck it is, uh, <laughs> uh, won yesterday against Decora um, and advanced to play Assumption uh, on tomorrow in the semifinals yep. of 3A. And uh, Marion, which knocked out Clear Creek Amanda, lost a tough decision the winner set. I don't like to pick favorites, but happy to see Winterset get that win considering what it had to go through this past weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you'd like to see them make a run. That would be awesome for a lot of people over there. Um, you know, but the thing that stood out to me tournament wise, you know, obviously I think it, the tournament started kind of with a bang with the Grandview Christian Bellevue game, you know, coming hey, to overtime, which Rob was on talk, Bellevue. We're not talking about that. I, we're not bringing up that, that dirty laundry. That was a we, bad call. We were in Rob and I, not, not joking. I mean, I said that was, and I was just telling somebody else this, how good the RVC North was. You can see how a team, you know, could get to nine and 12 and, and still be, and then, the, you know, they play predominantly two A and three A teams. I mean, look, they're playing Monticello and mid Prairie who are, you know, Monticello is a two A semifinalist. They're playing them twice in that league in, in Northeast and command. But anyway, what a heck of an effort by, by them, you know, to go to overtime with, that of all the games in, in four classes, I would have said that was one you would have looked at on paper that you would have said, this is not going to be competitive. It wasn't only competitive. They maybe could have, should have, would have, you know, won that game, outplayed them for sure. But Phantom anyway, Rob. Phantom the, foul <laughs> call. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, yeah, anything, a- <laughs> anything that's not involving going up with the ball, in my opinion, you know, under, in, in what was it? Iowa Rutgers this year had a si- different, totally different type of call, but you know, you're not attempting to shoot it, you know, late foul. It's like anything when you're, that doesn't affect the shot under a couple seconds for me, I can live with it. I can live with some hip checks. I, I really can. Um, but I also couldn't score and I was relied on defense. So maybe I default to the defensive it, guy. It happens at all levels. There was the phantom foul call on Keegan Murray at, at the Rutgers game this year too. Yeah. That was bad. And yeah. I don't want to get too much on the officiating because we have a shortage now anyway, and it's a hard right. job. Um, so, but right. it's tough when, when, you know, that it's that magnified because of the stage. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you started with three, a, which let's stay there. I won't get, I promise I won't get off uh topic of much today, Rob, but after, you know, Dallas center Grimes was very good. Um, you know, took care of business against Carroll three incredible games. You know, I watched portions of all three of these, um, we're at that point of the year, in our family, Rob, when you're, I just said, I wouldn't get off topic. When you're married to an accountant, that my wife basically just sleeps and works right now. So I'm essentially doing everything else. And then I'm also like her assistant a little bit where it's like, Hey, you need lunch. You need coffee. Cause she's really um, extremely busy right now, but I watch portions of all three of these games, Rob, three really, really, really good games. Winterset and Marion goes to OT assumption and Humboldt goes to OT um, and then that Central DeWitt decor game that you mentioned was a really, really good game. Um, you know, tight, tight throughout, well played game. But that one, maybe uh, I, I didn't know anything about Decora. You know, seating wise, a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, I watched Central DeWitt in that Solon Substate final. Not that I didn't think that they could win a game down there, 
But I guess the surprise to me was if you would have told me that uh, Sean Gilbert was going to have 16. Now he had 11 boards. If you were to told me he was going to have 16, I, I would have said that um, Central DeWitt probably doesn't win a game down there um, at the state tournament. He was injured in that game for a little bit left. I saw just following some, you know, uh, Matt Koss from the Quad City Times on Twitter. Um, but look, they got 10 points and 15 rebounds uh, from Ryan Waters, um, who, who impressed me. He's a, I think he's a freshman, impressed me in that Solon game, but um, the big things from that game, Rob, you know, not that we need to break it all down, but Central DeWitt, 28 of 37 at the free throw line. Um, you know, Decora was 11 of 22. So they outscored him by 17 at the line. And then they out-rebounded them 35-24, which, which with Sean Gilbert, um, DeWitt can do to a lot of people. And then um, Gibson McEwen had 24, which was just, you know, 13 of 14 at the line. So, um, and then and then the Marion game, our, the other team that beat our, beat one of our area teams out and you know obviously you know Solon played Marion twice this year so teams have seen him but um there's a tough one to to winter set Brayson Lobby had 35 um which he can and, and he was one of seven from three which if you would have told me he was going to have 35 I would have said he probably banged five three-pointers but um Marion didn't shoot it great uh four of 16 from three and they're in it all the way obviously so um Alex Moda had 16 um but yeah really good start to the state tournament Every game I've seen that I've turned on um, has been been pretty competitive. Now, that's a little bit of selection. I'm kind of picking the games, obviously, that, that I want to watch. But uh, Monticello Mid-Prairie with a little, you know, RVC flavor in 2A was a really, really good game uh, that Monticello won. So watched a little bit of Pella Christian and Rolling Story, which was a good game in 2A. So um, going to be some really good, really good semis. I saw uh, Kennedy was up, is up six with under a minute left on, on Waukee Northwest who uh, it, it, it's really paining me a little bit, Rob, I'll just say this before we wrap up the state tournament talk. It, it's really paining me a little bit to not be down there this week. I, I absolutely love the boys' state tournament. Thought about taking my kids for, for maybe today or Friday, but just with how busy our family is, uh, how busy my wife is. I'm not busy, but how busy my wife is, we decided to stick around. But, uh, you know, just so many connections for me with, with, um, and just guys, I, guys, I know a little bit, whether it's through doing this or uh, the Waukee Northwest Northwest coach uh, played for my brother uh, 10, 15 years ago. So it's fun to get out and see those guys, obviously prairies in it where I went. So I'm sticking to watching on TV, Rob, but as there always is with the boys basketball tournament in the state, just a lot of it, a lot of incredible basketball. Yeah, no question. And yeah, make sure Joni's happy. Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy at your house. <laughs> so take care of that. Let's let's hop over to some uh postseason acknowledgements here, Ryan. You want to start with wrestling or girls basketball? Let's start with wrestling since you did all area. I think that's a good yeah. place to jump in. Yeah, and I won't talk about this for a long time, partly, Rob, because I, I know this is a terrible way to say it, but I feel like I feel like the wrestling in our area kind of speaks for itself a little bit. You just say the names. And if you follow this, like, I really mean that the guys that we have are so good that if you follow wrestling in the state and I just mentioned their names, people are going to be like, yep. I mean, it's, you know, I don't have to explain to you very much about Ben Keeter or Robert Avila or Hunter Garvin. I mean, if you're following wrestling, you know, but we had our all area team up. The York Prep Sports team up um, a couple days ago, and 
I love doing this. I've said that before. These are really fun exercises for me, Rob. Um, just because of exactly why we started this thing, the athletics, the high school sports in this area are so good. But top to bottom, again, man, what – and there's some tough ones too. You know, we had a state medalist. I, I should mention this. We had a state medalist, um, Logan Wright from West Branch, which we talked about on the pod and, and everything, and had a great year, snapped a, a long streak for West Branch without a medal at state. But when you're at 220 and we've got one guy on each – you know, on each of these weights, it's, um, it's tough because Ben Keeter is, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's, his goal is to make a world team. I, I, so I, I'll stop short right now of saying world class, but certainly nationally um, it stands out with anybody in, this, in, the, in the country at his weight class. So hit, uh, Ben Keeter and, and Hunter Garvin were the captains this year, um, obviously deservedly so. Um, and then just a really, really good, good group around him. A couple runner up, runners up with Robert Avila and, and Gage Marty on the team. Um, and, and a lot of really, really, really good young kids, Rob, which, which stands out as much as, you know, Grant Odell, who's a four-time medalist and, and um, you know, the guys I mentioned and, and Kale Scranton, who's a four-time qualifier and Aiden Udell, who's a two-time medalist and, and guys like that, Gage Marty, who's a three-time medalist that are all on the team this year. You look at the guys that are coming back, you know, Ronan Poynton at 195 for Regina, Vinny Lima uh, from Liberty, who's had a really nice start to his career uh, as a, as a freshman and sophomore doing big things at upper weights, uh, which is hard. Um, Keeter obviously is, is back. Uh, and then the lower weights, Kyler Scranton uh, had a great year for West as a sophomore, made it to state for the first time. Kale Nash, from Clear Creek Amana at 106 was a state qualifier in his first year. And Lincoln Edwards from, from West Branch at 113 had an incredible year, got to state, won a match. Uh, and I haven't even mentioned, you know, the Kales, as I always say, from, from City High, Seton and Kurtz, both got second straight medal, got both got state medals for the second straight year. Kale Seton, um, 42 and three, loses three times to, to the same kid from, um, from Ankeny, who's, who's the eventual runner up, uh, you know, lost in sudden victory at state and Kale Kurtz, is fourth, you know, lost a semifinal to, to one of the best wrestlers in the country at that weight. So um, really excited about wrestling next year. Um, congratulations to all those guys. Um, but yeah, what, I mean, just again, that covers it pretty well because when I, I'm not going to read off everything that those top guys have done, because it would, um, it would fill up our entire podcast, Rob, if I'm going to, if I would read all the accomplishments for those guys, but like doing that exercise. Hopefully people check that out and, and read a little bit about how good of wrestling we have in this area. Uh, what weight or weights was the toughest to kind of pick from? Or did you have, uh, uh, well, did you struggle yeah. anywhere? Good question. Uh, honestly, this year, you know, where I start is, and I've been doing this since I was at other papers and everything. And where I always kind of start is, you know, however, whatever cliche you want to use, you know, the, the postseason. Right. whether you're 3A or 1A, I mean, if you make it to the state tournament in the state, that means a lot to me in, in, in picking these guys. And so, you know, and then where you place, et cetera. And really it was pretty spread out this year. There were some very good weight classes. The, the tough one is always to, is always when you have multiple kids get medals, you know, mm-hmm. in a weight. And so the Logan Wright one was really one that stood out because obviously you want to recognize, and that's why I wanted to bring, bring him up today too. You always want to recognize you get a medal in the state, especially as an underclassman. I mean, kudos but he just you know it's it's tough and and it can be the same thing obviously at, at 152 as well with with a guy when you have guys like Hunter Garvin and 
in 45, you know, we had multiple qualifiers at 45. Ryan Opp from City was a qualifier. Um, that was kind of a tough one. Um, and and I was thinking there was one other one. 60 um, with Sam Aitchison from Regina had an incredible year um, where, where Kale Scranton was at and went and got a medal. So he's, he's the choice there. But um, really, it was pretty spread out for our kids um, this year for the, for the most part. Uh, um, I was thinking, oh, 182 was the only weight we had with, with Vinny Lima, who, um, wasn't a state qualifier. He had a, he was third at, at conference and districts. And that's kind of, you know, where I go to there is see how they did against, you know, opponents from other opponents from the area. And he had a great year and had a, had a really tough district, um, you know, and, and wasn't able to get to state, but yeah, that's a good question. I, and I always like answering those because it's a fun thing to do. And I, I try to do my best to do it. You're obviously not going to have, you know, make everybody happy. But the other thing that we try to do for these is, is stick to, you know, our girls basketball teams can be going to be coming out. And I try to stick to eight uh, for that. And I try to stick to one per weight class. I know there has been years when we had multiple state champions at the same weight. And I said, Hey, you win a state championship, you're going to be on this team. Um, but outside of that, you know, we try to stick to one per weight. And, and so it can be really tough. Flip over to uh, All-State basketball, girls basketball, Ryan. We had a couple of teams released this week. The, um, the Iowa Print Sports Writers Association released its team, as did the Iowa Girls Coaches Association. We had a uh, couple, of, couple of kids, uh, Kelsey Jones from City High and Terry Levine from uh, Solon, made first on both, right? Yeah, correct. And I, I just want to point that out because, you know, both stories are up there. And I know, you know, again, the hardcore followers of, of that sport are going to understand this. But if you're reading it, yeah, Rob laid it out pretty well. Two different groups for the girls that do all state teams, you know, think you're you're all American teams. If you follow Iowa or, or you know, Division One sports, a lot of different places do them. I think it's awesome that there's still multiple places that do all state teams, because I've said this for years, you know, the more kids that can get recognition, uh, the better. And, and everybody looks at everything differently too. both those groups, obviously the coaches association does a great job. And so does, um, you know, the Iowa print sports writers association, which, you know, has, it's kind of the media. So you have the coaches and the media kind of like you do in, in division one, but yeah. Um, a couple of them that, that I'll, I'll mention that a lot of similarities, uh, of course, Rob, um, you know, Kelsey Jones, Kelly Levine, obviously very deserving of first team in both, um, Mina Tate from West High, second team in both. Evian Richardson from City High, third team in both. Those are both in 5A. Uh, Ava Locklear from Clear Creek was third third team by the Print Sports Writers Association. I think that was deserving. Um, you know, she went up against head-to-head a lot against another All-Stater um, from North Scott in that game. And then a couple All-Staters, you know, different positions um, in guards in, in Central DeWitt. And so against those really good teams, Rob, she had fantastic games. She was really, really good in that sub-state final. So if you kind of want to look at that metric a little bit, how do you do against the really good teams? I saw her against Marion. The better the team was that I saw her play against, the better she was. Um, and, and it's hard because she's a kid that, that this is really her first year playing. And so unless you really stand out, I think that that can be tough for people to really take notice of. But 14 points, eight rebounds, you know, almost one and a half blocks, I think really well-deserving for her. And then in the same way, Delaney Lineskis was second team in both. I thought maybe she had a chance to be a first teamer, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've said this for a long time. I'm really high on her. I just think she does a lot of things with altering shots and how good she is defensively that, that 
I mean, she averaged four and a half blocks a game. So that obviously shows you what type of an impact she had. But when you have a, a girl with that length and ability to move, I just think it, it impacts the way teams even game plan for what they're going to do offensively. Right. So, um, but one that I was really happy to see Rob is, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I also posted my, um, you know, looking back the best moments of girls basketball, which we'll have that coming up for boys basketball. But I was really happy to see Lauren Gardy from Regina be the third team all state around the coaches um, on the Iowa girls coach association team. I I understand it. And and this is a good conversation, Rob, and, and in all seriousness, Rob, Rob votes, you have media votes for things, you know, at the division one level. And there's teams that just don't set up well for individual postseason recognition, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, Regina was one of them. I think they had four kids average right at 10 points a game. You know, Lauren Gardy led them with like 11.1 and Allie Clark, I think was fourth at like 9.8 or 9.9. And, and teams like that just don't set up well for individual honors. It, not just because of stats, but for a variety of reasons in the way they play, they weren't super high scoring, et cetera. Um, but Rob, you know, we watched Regina a lot. We watched them at state and that team goes 20 and five and is in a game at the state tournament, you know, could have been a state semifinalist and, you know, definitely showed that they deserve, they belong there um, last week. And the way that Lauren Gardy plays, I, I know this is such an overused term, you know, does things that don't show up in the box score, but that's a kid that could, with her ball handling and the way that she could pressure the ball and then just attitude, effort, all those things. In high school sports, that's a kid that could totally dictate a game, you know, and score six points, you know, was third and two A in assists, over five assists a game, but also just, like I said, her attitude, her leadership, her effort, all those things. I mean, Regina's not anywhere close, I don't think, to the state tournament without her. And, and that's why where I was going was with my best of the area. That's why I had her as my my MVP. And when you look at the Division One talent and the scoring and all those things in the area, I, I'm not going to say that Lauren – or that I, that I think I said Lauren. I was going to say you're going to give her a complex calling her her older sister's name. Did I, I do it again? You, I was waiting for you to catch Grace. It. <laughs> I already, I've said this on here 20 times and, and I've t- they're all the nicest kids. I talked to her this year and I was like, I'm going to call you. I don't think I'd ever done it to her face, but grace. Um, but yeah, just, I had her as my MVP and I don't, I don't, I, I would say this to, to, you know, Regina or her, I don't think she's the best player, you know, the best pure basketball player, but I thought she was the most valuable player to a team this in, just slightly ahead of Jasmine Barney, who did everything and was also a second teamer on the Prince Sports Writers Association and a first teamer uh, on the Girls Coaches Association, which is very deserving. I mean, you lead your team in points, rebounds, assists, steals. I mean, that's you don't do that in 5A. She might be the only kid in 5A that did that. I haven't looked that up. But, um, but yeah, both those two, very deserving. But I, I was glad to see um, Grace Gardy get some – some of that all state postseason recognition, because I think, you know, I wouldn't have blamed people if she didn't right with the way Regina's team was set up uh, statistically, but I thought she was definitely one of the 24 best players that I saw in two A this year, as far as what she meant to her team. And you don't get to the state tournament if you don't have good players, you know, I mean, if you don't have one of the probably 24 best players, it's hard to, it's hard to get there. Um, and so I thought she was the most important person to that team. Um, if that makes sense to anybody. 
Yeah, it does. And there's, you know. And I apologize for calling you. <laughs> I, I don't, I've probably called her Claire at some point too. Um, all not great in, athletes at Regina. Not in this podcast. You just called her Lauren. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's like, maybe sure the, the, older all the, all the younger ones are going to get called the oldest one's name, I guess <laughs> is the way it works. Like in my brain. Wow. Uh, so, um, yeah, so all area wrestling and the two all area or all state basketball team stories are on the site. If you want to dig into those a little bit more. Um, so where far, I do, where I do write grace, it is <laughs> where I do have the correct name. On that. There's also the look back uh, for uh, the girls basketball season. I think you identified her correctly in that story as well, which I is good. So. I really hope so. Um, and then there's some uh, some all-conference boys stuff that's yeah. come out to this yep. point. All-state ba- boys basketball will come out next, next week, and we'll talk about that and the all-area girls. Anything of note um, all-conference-wise? Uh, I mean, you know, re- read that. It's a lot of what you would – I mean, I don't say that, like, lazily, like a glossing over it, but <laughs> look at the story. It's a lot of what you would think. Um, you know, for both the MVC and the WAMAC, um, good honors for those guys, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of the guys that, that you would expect to be on there. Nothing, nothing too surprising, but yeah, all state boys next week, um, and watch the state tournament. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a, you got to jump through a little, a few things to, to, to get it, but find it, watch it. Um, these semifinals are going to be in finals are going to be really good across all the classes. Um, the four class format in this state. Um, getting eight, eight teams there, you know, 32 teams. It's, I can't stress that enough. It's for a state our size. It's fantastic basketball, Rob. It really, really is girls too. It really is. But I mean, it's great basketball. I'm reminded of it every year. So we'll have all area girls story coming up. Is that right? Yep. Um, all state boys. All area boys as well. And our boys look back story too. So again, keep checking the site. It's spring break time. Uh, We had some indoor track this week, um, but you know, there's not a lot going on. So I'm spreading some of this stuff out a little bit, Rob. um, So we don't have overload, Um, but yeah, keep checking the site. You see that kid from Southeast Polk, Abu Sama. Uh, He popped a 24 foot long jump on his first and then topped it with a 24 one. Jeez. Wow. People could see that on uh right right out of the gate. Yes, people can see I saw it on Twitter. It's pretty amazing. Really good athlete. He plays uh plays running back and defensive yep. back at Southeast Polk. Gets overshadowed a little bit. Visited Iowa for its junior day, has visited Iowa State. Definitely a kid to wow. keep an eye on. Yeah, we're spring sports are here, indoor track season. Um I have not I cannot speak intelligently. I know that the Solon girls had a really good day up at the Unidome um, the other day, just, just following along on Twitter, but we got a bunch of spring sports coming. Rob and I will talk about it on another podcast, but you know, if you're spring, if you're gearing up for spring sports, I'm looking out my window right now, still a decent amount of snow out there. Um, If you're geared up for spring sports, it's coming. We're going to wrap the winter season here in the next week or so. I'm going to take a day, maybe 12 hours of spring break and then spring sports time. I might give myself a full day for spring break this year, Rob. Yeah, go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Rob's taking his spring break trip to Indianapolis here in a couple hours. 
I just the I'm on, there. on autopilot to Indianapolis on 74. Yeah. It's like I've done that trip <laughs> so many times. And I'll have the the wonderful company of Pat Hardy and Mike Haloss on that trip. So nice. There so you go. We're gonna record a podcast in that car that people will want to listen to. We're gonna go inside. No. I was gonna I was gonna say the audio, the audio of that trip will be amazing. Classified information on that trip. Yeah. All right. We will uh, we'll be back next week, but check out the site for everything we talked about on this podcast and some good upcoming stories as well. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week. Say goodbye, Ryan. Bye.